God bless you for being here. Woohoo! Let's get ready to rumble. Good evening. I'm glad to be back with y'all. I missed everybody this morning, and it feels good to be home. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer together. Well, Father God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for this church and for this place that we can come, Lord, and worship you and just learn about you, Lord. Father God, we just invite you right now just come and have your way. We just ask you to open up our hearts, Lord, open up our hearts and just open our ears, Lord, open our minds, open everything about us, Lord. We just want to surrender to you tonight, Lord. Come and have your way in us, Lord. Father God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come and and that you would just speak through Pastor Paul tonight, Lord. And Lord God, that we would just receive the very thing that you have for us, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that you're moving in our midst, Lord. And, Lord God, that you're working in every situation here tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you have the answer, Lord. And we just trust you, Lord, with our whole heart and our whole lives, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church is fun, isn't it? Why not? Let's have fun. God gave us that. I guess it's an emotion. What would you call it? The fun gene. Thank you, Rebecca. You definitely got that, let me tell you. (laughs) Why not? Last week I started um, talking about the laying on of hands and um, you know, it is something that we practice here at, at church and when I when we have altar call time on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights or especially Sunday mornings, um, we're going to lay hands on you. And I've, I've kind of broken it down last week on a couple Old Testament um, precedents and how it was uh, given to us in the Old Testament. Um, but tonight we're going to look at New Testament. And real quick, just as a, as a, a catch-up, I guess, there, there are three main reasons why, we lay, why, we lay, why God has given us the command to lay hands on people. And one is to transmit spiritual blessing or authority. And that blessing could be healing. Or just like we saw with Jacob, um, uh, Jacob, uh, Joseph and his sons, uh, Ephraim and uh, Manasseh, the hands getting crossed and, and uh, Jacob or Israel blessing um, with his right hand, the younger one, and his left hand, the older one. We saw that there is a significant, there's significance in the hand that's blessing. Um, 
you know, we don't live exactly in those days that they did. We're under the new covenant. We're under the blood of Jesus. But I still believe with all my heart that my dad and, and his dad and my mother's dad and me as a dad have spiritual authority that I can speak over those that God's given me authority over. Even with us as, as pastors that I can lay hands on and spiritually um, bless Stephen and Lee and their family and, and you as, a, as your spiritual authority here in this church. Amen? Amen. Just like, and I used this example last week of Brian and Christy Mueller and us, um, I wouldn't say it was an ordination, but it was like an ordination for them to go into ministry and how God has given us that ability to lay hands on and to pronounce um, authority, his authority. You catch that? His authority, not my authority. His authority. And our authority has to be based on something. And the authority that I operate on is based on the name of Jesus and authority that Jesus gave to us as Christians and gave to me as a pastor. So to remove that ordinance would be, uh, for lack of a better term, stupid. We can, we can say stupid in church. But it's like, why would we not pursue a healing God when he is a healer? So, um, and, uh, so I'll just move on from that. Last week we looked at two Old Testament precedents. Today we're going to look at the New Testament. Um, as we turn to the New Testament, we're going to see what part of this ordinance of laying on of hands plays there we'll find that there are five distinct purposes for the laying on of hands to which it can be used according to the examples of the New Testament. Let's look at these five, the laying on of hands. Number one, the laying on of hands for physical healing. Thank you. I'm just so thankful that we serve a God that heals. We don't have to live on this earth with with no hope of recovery. Can you, can you imagine the world living, hurting, with damaging things happening in their life with no hope? I, I was saved at five. I really can't hardly remember not believing there's a God and, and having him in my heart. And I thank God for that. that what a gift that is. Um, we've had um, a, a, a child get saved this week, not here at the church, but I think at home. You know, a four or five-year-old. My, my five-year-old who's in class is, is begging to be baptized. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm ready to baptize her, but I just got to know she understands sin and understands asking the Lord to come into her heart. But praise God, that's the last one in my household. And it's just a matter of moments before that, that card's going to fall. But she's going to be able to live her whole life knowing there's a God and knowing that she can trust a God. And when we see these negative reports on the news about break-ins or theft or drugs or we have hope the world has no hope we need to every now and then put ourselves in the shoes of the lost and what a what a way to live i'm so thankful that i don't live without hope i don't know if you can grasp that i would encourage you to try to grasp that that what we have, just having hope, 
is enough to get us through a lot of the things that we have to go through. If I didn't have hope, let me tell you, depression would jump all over us. I'll jump all over me. And I'm a very non-depressive type person. Number two, to impart the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Number three, for imparting spiritual gifts. Number four, for sending out Christian workers from the local church, which is what we did uh, a few a couple months ago. And number five, for the appointment of deacons or elders. The one we're going to focus on tonight, and maybe the next week, I may get done tonight, but it doesn't look like it, um, is physical healing. Miracles, as I said this morning, miracles and healings have not, and prophecies have not ceased. I have physically seen people get healed, and I have physically been healed. So don't tell me that healing doesn't exist anymore. Try to tell somebody that healing has, has, uh, is deceased, is gone. Try to tell that to somebody that's been dramatically healed. Good luck. Good luck. But the first of these purposes is directly associated with the ministry of physical healing. And I want you to catch this. It is authorized by Jesus himself. In his final commission to his disciples at the close of his earthly ministry, as it's recorded in Mark 16, verse 17, which I'm going to look at in just a second. In these verses, it shows us five supernatural signs that are to accompany preaching. So when I preach, when you preach, when you start giving the word out to somebody in the workplace, signs are to follow. We should expect these signs to follow. When I'm preaching tonight, these signs should follow. We should believe that the manifestation of Jesus Christ himself comes and moves. Amen. Why not? I'm going to show you in Scripture. They are to accompany the gospel. And which can be claimed, may be claimed by all believers through faith in the name of Jesus. All believers can claim this. The fifth of these supernatural signs appointed by Jesus. Let's look in uh, Mark 16, verse 17. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Who believes? Is it to follow you? Let me tell you, the way that I know that I am in touch with God and that our church is in touch with God is that these signs follow. If we're not seeing God move, something's wrong. Because God desires to move. And he desires to move powerfully in the church. So if tongues were to cease, if healings were to cease, if prophecies were to cease, something's wrong. Or Jesus has come back. If Jesus comes back, I hope I'm on that first train out of here. I vote for the first train. Y'all see uh, Titanic? I want on the boat. I want in that boat. I don't want to be pushing women and children out of the way. but But I want in the boat. Do you want in the boat? 
Sell out, church. Sell out. Act like you want in the boat. Don't just live your life like you don't really care. You've, you've done the things that you think that you need to do. You've signed the dotted line, and then you're just living your life. Sell out. It's a word for somebody tonight. And there, there's a bunch in our church that is selling out. Man, they're, pop, they're, popping, they're popping out everywhere. Everywhere. I'm telling you, I've gotten reports today, this week, last week, the week before. People are grabbing hold of God. As I said this morning, there are those that, that know God and are coming here and are seeing things happen and are debating on stepping out. Not just saying I'm a Christian and I've accepted Jesus Christ, but really living a life for God. Whew. Tell me, that's revival. That's revival. It's good. Okay. Um, these signs will follow. To those who believe, I believe. In my name, in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's you. Not that you will recover. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Here the laying on of hands is in the name of Jesus and is appointed by means whereby physical healing may be ministered to those who are sick. Later, we're going to see this right now, later on in the New Testament in James 5, verse 14, another slightly different ordinance is shown to us. Look here. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Whew. The ordinance here appointed is that of anointing the sick. And I'm going to try to tie these two together, that the laying on of hands and the anointing go together, or can go together. They don't have to go together, but they can go together. Both of these ordinances alike are effective only through the exercise of faith. Let me tell you, you're not going to get faith without the Word of God. These things have got to go together. That's why when I see that people are grabbing hold of reading your Bible every day, let me tell you, mountains are about to get moved. Because what you didn't believe you could do, when you get in the Word, you're going to start believing. And when you start believing, you're going to start doing you know, we're scared to death to try something new until maybe we believe we can make it. If we feel like we're not going to make it, we have a hard time starting. But when we start to believe, and that's what's funny about children, man, you just pump them up. You just pump them up and pump them up. And then they go to school and they tell their teacher, I'm so pretty, aren't I? They don't know any different. They are so pretty. And they know it because their mommy and daddy have told them. And they believe it. They don't think anything funny about it, and they're not trying to be ugly. They're not trying to be boastful. But just like, uh, uh, I don't remember, it was Sarah Beth that said something. She had done something, and then she just came up and said, Huh, what'd she do? Yeah, she said, didn't I do awesome? Yes, honey, you did so good. And now our big thing with her is talents. Well, that must be one of your talents. Yeah, it is. Playing the piano, wiping my own bottom. 
Um, whisking, taking out the trash. We just give her one trash can to focus on, and she does a great job at that. She goes, Daddy, I think that's one of my new talents. You know what? I think you're right. She believes. Do you see the difference? We get out here and we don't think we can do it. We don't, we're not plugged in. We're not getting poured into and poured into and poured into so that when the pressure hits, we can respond. And we can respond effectively. If my little five-year-old knew what I said, she'd absolutely kill me. Yeah, she's in preschool, so I can talk about her until she gets just a little bit older. It's all right, Pete, when you're in children's church, I talk about you all the time. <laughs> you better you better get it together, buddy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. <clears throat> He's saying, man, I wish he'd encourage me. I'm his, I'm his, most of the time his coach. Man, I ride him like crazy. He's my son. I expect a lot out of him. You're doing great. You're a good son. And I love you. Yeah. Well, we're going to get it done in baseball, aren't we? Y'all going right? We are. We're going to fight hard. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the exercise of faith. We need faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In the case of the anointing with oil, it is specifically stated that prayer must accompany it. Prayer. This passage about laying on of hands of the sick in Mark's gospel, no mention of prayer is made. But most of the time, it is natural to pray when we lay hands, uh, when we administer the laying on of hands. Again, with the anointing the sick with oil, it often seems natural, almost instinctive, to lay hands on them at the same time. If you've ever come up here for prayer, let me tell you, I I roll them all into one. I'm not going to leave anything to chance. I'm going to take God's word and we're going to use it and we're going to believe. So when you come up, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lay hands on you according to what God says. I'm going to anoint you with oil and we're going to call for the elders. We're not going to leave anything to chance because you know what? In our minds, sometimes we'll miss it. Well, I'm going to do everything I know to do. But it all is based on the name of Jesus. It's not the oil. It's not the hands. It's obedience and it's who, it's, it's who Jesus is. And it's that we follow through in what he tells us to do. Do you hear me? Now, now when we do obey, it is the hands and it is the oil. Do you, do you follow me? It's that we're obedient. And we need to know the word to know how to be obedient. Amen? Okay. But it's instinctive to lay hands. So we can see how these two ordinances are combined into one sometimes. However, it doesn't have to be. It's perfectly scriptural to lay hands on the sick without anointing them with oil. And it's perfectly scriptural to anoint the sick without laying on hands. We see there's two totally separate scriptures. So if you come up and I pray for you and I I lay hands on you, but I don't anoint you with oil, it's okay. But I don't mind you asking, will you please anoint me with oil too? Sure. 
but sometimes we don't, sometimes we do. Sometimes I'm thinking about it, or sometimes it's just maybe the timing's not right. But the question arises, is there any difference uh, in use or purpose between these two ordinances? Laying the hands on the sick or anointing the sick with oil. Are there times when one might be more appropriate than the other to use? And if so, what are the scriptural principles? Now, what I'm about to say is for Christians, okay? The passage in this epistle of James about anointing, uh, anointing with oil begins with the following words. Let's go back. Is anyone among you? I want to give you just a little bit of detail with this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. This gives the inference or the, the, this is referring to those that are in the church. If you're not in the church, if you're not saved or a believer, how are you going to know who the elders of the church are? So I believe this scripture is for the church, is for Christians, is for believers. It's primarily for professing Christians because of this among you. It fits with the commandment that says, let him call for the elders of the church. A person who's made no profession of faith and was not associated with the Christian church would not be included in these among you. So it would seem possibly that the anointing of oil is intended primarily for those that already are Christians. Now, I'm not going to go so far to say that if a lost person came up here, I wouldn't anoint them with oil. Um, But this scripture here is talking about those among us. Can we follow that? Okay. I'm not making a definite statement. What is what do I, what do we call that? Um, an absolute. I'm not saying that. Um, if it was absolute, I would say it. Um, but this scripture shows that it looks like it was possibly for the church. The second important lesson in this passage here in James is that God expects Christians to associate themselves with a church. You know, we just look over the scripture and just see the healing, but he's saying those that believe, those among you call for the elders of the church. It just gives it just gives the impression that you're already in the church. We are sp- supposed to be connected to a church body. It is the body of Christ which we are not supposed to be separated from. So, I, you know, I, I find this impactful um, that this scripture and healing gives us the assurance that we're supposed to be in church. We should be in a church and that the leaders of the church, the leaders of the church should be ready to minister according to the scripture to meet the physical needs of the body the leaders of the church that includes the pastors but that also includes the deacons i think it includes my sunday school teachers i think it includes the worship team i think if you've got any kind of leadership position you better be ready to minister you know like just my wife is is a pastor's wife but i couldn't go to saint thomas today we didn't want to ask Stephen to go because he had gotten in so late. You don't even know this, but it was a consideration. But they had been up all night, two nights in a row. 
So Elizabeth went and had to be ready to minister and is absolutely equipped to handle what she walked into and did a great job. By the way, um, uh, Mike's mother is battling with pneumonia. The, uh, at, at the time she called me at like 1 or 2 o'clock today, the medicine was not responding. She was not responding to the medicine, and it was still um, very critical. So, uh, and I don't think we have any more updates. Mike and Denise have come home, and we'll be going back tomorrow. So please be praying for them. Um, and I need to close. Um, the phrase, let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, carries both of these implications. First, that every Christian is associated with the church in such a way that its leaders both know them and are known to them. And second, that the leaders are ready to minister healing to its members in faith according to the ordinances appointed by God for the church. Now, I'm going to close. This may seem short, but we're right on time. The one thing I, I want to point out is something that Elizabeth shared with me last week, which I completely believe. And if you've ever come to me when Elizabeth's not with me, you will see me do this. A man needs to lay hands on a man. And a woman needs to lay hands on a woman. You don't need to be in the workplace and go lay hands on women. Men, men you don't need to be in the workplace and go lay hands on women and in your job. You know, sometimes there there is a, there's always a uh, exception. But I would tell you that the women need to lay hands on the women and the men on the men. Now, it happened this morning. Elizabeth was gone. Lee wasn't here. Stephen and I were together right here. And sure enough, two or three women came to me, which is fine. What do I do? I go and I pull Sam and Noreen over here to me. I need a woman in here with me. And Noreen knows it, and she dives right in. She doesn't wait to ask me anything. She just jumps right in. And I go ahead, and normally, if my wife is with me and I want to lay hands on the person, my wife will put her hand on the woman's head or on her shoulder, and I'll put my hand on my wife's. And we want to be appropriate down here. But if you're a lady and I'm up here by myself and you come to me, that's fine. But 99 times out of 100, I'm going to get another woman up here with me. Usually a deacon's wife. Usually I want the deacon and the deacon and the deacon's wife up here with me. Or I'd grab my mom. I'll grab somebody that I can trust and know that we're not going to be inappropriate. Same thing with women and men. You need to be appropriate. You don't need to be going in your workplace laying hands on all the women in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, I don't, well, I don't know how to finish that sentence. I don't even know where I'm at. Go ahead. What I want to say is that as just when you, when you, when you are ministering with someone, you know, you listen to their problems. And I think that's what you're It becomes to say. intimate. Prayer is intimate. And it is um, vulnerable. Right. You are vulnerable when you are praying with, with opposite sex. It is vulnerable because you let your guard down and you pour your heart out. Right, right. Thank and you. <laughs> good point. And I'll lay hands on you. <laughs> what, what, what my point was, though, is that you do want to be careful. I think as women, we need to guard our hearts. And that if a man comes to me and starts dumping out his heart, you know what? That's all well and good. And I can identify, yes, 
you have a problem and you need prayer, but you know what? I need I need a man to be able to talk to him and to be able to minister with him. And I don't need to just be there by myself. And it's the same thing with him. And um, anyways, that's that's why we do, do this down here is because when someone does start dumping out your heart, you just need to have someone there available with you. Um, and, uh, and I think another thing is I'm personally not not comfortable. I think I think sometimes, and a lot of times before I pray with someone, I'll say, do you mind if I touch you? Is it okay if I touch you? I, I want to lay hands on you. And I think that that's a good approach too, because some people just aren't comfortable with that at all. But I think this is a beautiful scripture, because as you were talking about this, what I saw, and I think it was your point so well, is that we need each other so bad. Um, and I think a lot of times it's very humbling to come forward and to ask for help, and to admit, I have a problem here. And I know for me, you know, as I battled a tumor in my throat, I would have rather kept that a secret, because I didn't want people talking about it. I didn't want the negative talk. But you know what? There was a point where I had to humble myself and come forward and ask for prayer. And and I had I had a few praying for me, but when I came forward, and there was a lot that God was moving anyways. Right. Um, there were several steps. I can tell you it wasn't just that step, but there were, there were several steps that got me to the place where I came back to the doctor and, and the tumor was gone. And, and, but that was one of them. I think it's humbling yourself and not just withdrawing away from the body, but coming forward and, and, and uh, engaging and asking for help. So I'm sorry. I no, it's great. Um, this is a total no, diff, wrong subject, or not wrong, but different subject. Men, you don't need to be having dump, dumping sessions with women other than your wife anyway. It, it'll, it'll get you in trouble. Uh, and women, same thing with men. You know, we need to, we need to lock arms with like kind. Um, I, that's why it's good for a, when a man comes up, he can share men things with me and I can relate and I can minister. Um, it's another reason why I need my wife with me when a lady comes up. Sometimes I just need to remove myself from it so that she can feel comfortable enough to share what needs to be shared. Um, so don't don't be offended with me or Pastor Stephen or Pastor Zach or my deacons if you come up and it's opposite sex uh, ministering that we go and get help. That's for your benefit. That's for your protection. That's for my protection. And I believe it's spiritual. I believe it's it's uh, scriptural that, that we don't um, yoke ourselves incorrectly. Everybody good? <laughs> Everybody's gotten quiet all of a sudden, but... Let me tell you, and, and don't be afraid. I think maybe you guys think that because I'm I'm uh, the pastor of the church or Pastor Stephen or Zach that we don't like to be prayed for either. We do, and uh, you know, you you have what's in you is the same as what's in me. And uh, sometimes we we go. I'm not asking y'all to get in the line and all pray for me. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But if the Lord leads you to pray for us, come pray for us. And don't think, man, he's going to hear me pray and just he's going to think I'm the biggest, not, I, that I can't pray at all. 
you, you have no idea. Um, we just love to know that people are thinking about us. And, you know, I just, um, I pray for, I pray for my pastors all the time, but I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of how that, that works. But I would just encourage you get in the word and start doing, get in the, but get in the word. I would, I would, uh, frown a little bit on trying to do without the word, get in the word and then start doing. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for our church. I thank you for this, for these people, Lord. I just pray a hedge of protection over this body. Lord, this shows us that we have the power to cast out demons. And Lord, I know demons are real. And Lord, I just ask that when we can identify that what is not you, Lord, that we would have the strength and the courage to speak to it. As David said, you uncircumcised Philistine, how dare you speak against my God? Lord, we have that same power within us that David had. And Lord, let us learn. In fact, we've got more than what David had. We have the blood of Jesus. And we have the command of the Son of God to operate in the things that he did. I thank you, Lord. And I just ask you, Lord, that we would get some courage, that we would get some faith. Lord, that we would get in the word and we would allow that to to change us. And then we don't let it stay in us. We get it out of us. And Lord, we get it out into this world that so needs you. Lord, help us. Help us to get plugged into the vine. And Lord, you're going to do the rest. We just bless your holy name. I just pray for a great week. Lord, I ask for a turnaround in our economy. I ask for a blessed United States of America. Lord, I just ask for, for a miracle in our, in our lives, Lord. Just bless us because you're such a blesser. You are the blesser because you're, you, there are blessings stored up in heaven for us. Lord, let us line up with you and Lord, bless us indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week.